What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this Stanley Cup playoffs preview here on the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. It is myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins previewing the 2021 first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We recorded this before the Avalanche clinched the President's Trophy and their matchup with the Blues, but we go through every single matchup, including the hypotheticals for the West. This one was a lot of fun to record. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the comments. Subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the playoff hockey. And here we go. This week's episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. We are talking NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They are back to just 16 teams. A little different with the four divisions format. We'll talk about that. But first, we got to introduce the boys. First off, the man, the myth, the prophet himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? The sun's shining. The NHL playoffs are this weekend. Uh, it's a great time to be alive, Jordy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. You're right. It is finally starting to feel like spring. It was in like the mid-50s here, which, you know, is warm for February, but it's cold for the middle of May. So it's nice that we're getting a warm weekend. I got a member guest at the golf club, so Humble pumped brag. for that. That was, a te- that, was a, that was a terrible job by me. You shouldn't have let me get away with such a plain Jane vanilla answer, but... Um... <laughs> Well, you, you, guys, we got, you guys lead it off, sorry, the Bruins. We'll get into that. But we got to introduce Marky tandem. Mark. Mark, how are you, my friend? What's up, boys? I'm great. I got my hockey stick <laughs> in my hand. I'm ready for some playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Uh, playoffs. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, and happy birthday. Yeah, May happy 11th, belated. Greg, to Greg to the Happy belated. Happy belated. Thanks, boys. Specifically, Mark. Jordy didn't say it, so he's not a real friend. Yeah, all right, all right. I gave you a call and you didn't answer. So who's who's the <laughs> who's the back communicator here? Um, but yeah, boys, playoffs are here. A lot a lot of things have happened since we last talked. We're gonna jump in to probably the biggest news story that hockey's had in a while. You know, bigger than than Greg's favorite network, ESPN, getting the rights. Bigger than other things. This was on. You know, it was all over the place. Tom Wilson, Mark's favorite player, he uh, got himself into a lot of hot water by throwing a very cheap shot, was only fined instead of getting suspended, he was fined the maximum the NHL could without suspending him a game of $5,000. The Rangers freaked out. The next game, two weeks ago today when we when we were recording, recording this Thursday the 13th of May, the Rangers and... Capitals get into not one, not two, not three, but six fights within the first period. The penalty boxes were overloaded. And the result of all this was James Dolan fired half of his people from the Rangers, including most recently Dan Quinn, their head coach. Mark, we'll start with you. 
Did David I miss Quinn. anything on the breakdown? What are your David thoughts Quinn. on this? David Quinn. David. Oh, Dan Quinn is the uh, the football coach. I, my apologies. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, David Quinn. I mean, he's got a he's pretty well known in the hockey world. Was at BU for five years. Um, I thought honestly they would have given him a couple more years um, to try to turn it around over there. I think he his record in the three seasons with the Rangers is above five hundred. Um, and you saw like a lot of guys develop under him, like Adam Fox and. Uh, I mean, Panarin was already good, but Zibanejad became had a pretty much coming out party under under Quinn. Um, I thought they were going to keep him with those young guys, but I think they just completely completely wanted to clean house, GM all the way down um, to the to the you know you know towel boy. Everybody's gone out of there. Uh, I'd, I'd, I have a couple of Ranger buddies. They were saying they wanted Quinn out of there like last year, so I don't think he was well liked. I don't know why. Um, I was surprised that he's gone, but their owner seems like kind of a nut job that he's also the Knicks owner, right? Yeah, he is. Can't have, can't have, can't have one good team without the other. No, I, I think it's surprising because you look at it, the first year they were rebuilding, get the number one overall pick. Last year they outperformed and then they won a series in the bubble. You know, they peaked at the end of the season. No, they reverse. They well. didn't win a series. That's how they got Lafreniere. Sorry, they they got made close. It out of the, they made it into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they they were one of the added bubble teams, but they right they they were the they hot were playing yeah. they're playing for like a bottom seed. They beat someone and made the thing right. No, they did not make it. That's how they got. Remember, it was the the eight teams that didn't win in the play in round got thrown in to get the overall pick. Yeah, well, the you're right. The point is that they were but they were like the, last. Yeah, I. They outperformed last season, and then this year with 56 games, slow start. They had COVID, playing seven or six six teams in their out of the eight in their division made the playoffs last year. So, I mean, that says all you need to know about or two for the last two years. Those six teams that made the playoffs. That says all you need to know about this division. So, did the team come in with higher expectations and and quote unquote underperform? Yes, but in theory, they're well ahead of the rebuild that they were in the middle of with the first overall first and second overall pick for for two straight years um so or three straight years whatever it is so yeah that to me like mark was saying i'm very shocked and surprised by it and i think ranger fans should be shocked and surprised by it too because i mean the good news is they still have the players but the bad news is that with the expansion draft a lot of these young guys they get seen you know and you don't know what's going to happen and then you get rid of the coach, the GM, and the president who all have set up this this uh, rebuild in motion that has been outperforming and doing better than expected. And, you know, it's just a surprise move all around. Um, and then before we get into it, this was the first line brawl that we've seen, and it took 55 games to get there. It, despite these teams playing each other eight, nine times in a season, it, uh, it seems like the fighting that we wanted all year, but we finally got at the end, so... Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy to see all that go down. Um, I mean, it it's good, right? That we thought this was going to happen. I joked at the beginning of the year that we were going to get goalie fights every other week and and get all the stuff. And you're right, we barely got any of that. And the fact that it finally took one of the cheaper shots out of the end of the season actually was last week. That's how long this end of the season has felt. But yeah, to kind of go back onto the Quinn and GM and president stuff, you're right that they. They decided to basically throw it in a neutral way back in 2018. They traded McDonough to Tampa and 
they slowly but surely made all these key pieces. Like Adam Fox is a drafted guy. They acquired him. They made these moves to get Truba and then the moving of, of Kevin Hayes and all these different guys and, and kind of these slow but sure picks and, and kind of moving around on the chessboard to get these different players. And obviously, you know, you, you win the lottery two years ago, you get Kako with the two, number two pick, and then you get yeah. Lafreniere last year with a number one overall pick. And, you know, Lafreniere might have had a slower start of the year, but you mentioned Zibanejad, who had the coming out party two years ago, another guy that their GM acquired. And then this year, he had COVID, and then he came out after Quinn got fired, and he was like, yeah, man, like, this virus sucks. And I feel like that's the reason why I came out slow. Look at me at the end of the year when I caught fire again, you know? Yeah, it's, it's and, just funny because two years in a row, this team, I don't want to say started out slow, but two years in a row, they, towards the end of the season, were peaking. One of the hottest teams, the, yeah. Yeah, peaking almost at the right time. And the problem was that they're in a division where all the teams in the playoffs, except for the Islanders, ended the season with – 10 and two runs, right? You know, you're talking about the six teams that were playoff teams last year that were good and going to be good this year. It's an impossible, just impossible division and, and a hard thing to do with a re, quote unquote rebuilding team. I just think that there's a bad beat for everyone. And it sounded like it was all because of the Tom Wilson hit and how the president came out, like Mark was saying, or not the president, the owner, who's a, who's a crazy Knicks owner that everyone hates as a Knicks owner came out and was like, you know, this is bullshit. The league should have, suspended him and apparently the president and the gm like we disagree and i guess it's as simple as that you can fire someone for saying he disagree with, disagrees with the owner and then the new guy drury uh who they put in as the president and gm currently wanted his own wants his own guys you know he wants his own coach he wants his own whatever despite being two bu guys drury and and uh quinn. and quinn yeah you think that oh wow i didn't know drury keep him, was but, too yeah yeah, you think you keep him, but I guess not. So, I mean, it's, it sucks and it's shitty, but... He apparently was, like, one of the best-kept secrets, right? With him working with the Wolfpack, their AHL team, Chris Drury, and, like, what he'd be able to do there was kind of the next man up. Yeah, I mean, it's... You're not wrong, and, and I feel like it's been a long time coming, and there, now there's rumors, you know, all these other people are coming out of the woodwork to help him. So, we'll see what happens moving forward with the Rangers, but it's the, the timing seems often interesting to me and to fire president GM over them, not agreeing with you that you called out the league seems a little suspect to me. So maybe there's more to the story and, or maybe it's just like Mark said, the owner being crazy. So I, I mean, you never know. Quinn still has 2.4 million owed to him the next two seasons each. So 4.8 million. Will he get that still yeah. even? And so he can, so, he'll yeah. find another, he'll find another job so he can yeah. get paid twice. Yeah, yeah, and I think you get it. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I mean, who knows? He he built a, such a good thing at BU. He might go back. He also coached Team USA, the the World Junior and the and the U eighteen team for a while. He he's bounced around. He's worked at every every division, including junior hockey, college hockey, whatever. So who knows where he'll end up? He he could end up as an assistant somewhere, or he could just go run and build another powerhouse because uh, BU has certainly fall, fallen off without him. So. You never know where he'll end up. He's a good coach, in my opinion. He was coached by – he was a player to uh, Mark's uncle, namesake, middle name namesake, my father, um, Coach David Quinn. So this – no bias, but I think he was doing a great <laughs> job. And uh, it's kind of BS. But I can't, be, I can't believe he's 54, Greg. I thought he was like 45. I was in the car uh, with Uncle Jack like three months ago, and 
I guess Jack talked to David Quinn on the phone and Quinn Quinny was like, do you believe they're paying me two point whatever million dollars to coach? I can't believe it. Like, yeah, I think he was in shock how much money he was making. So I don't really feel bad for him. He's he's loaded now. He'll find another job. Especially because, like, he didn't have any any NHL experience. He was just a head coach in college and took over right away as a head coach in the NHL. No assistant. Really no, no, experience. no. He was a uh, assistant coach for Colorado Avalanche, 2012, 2013. I think he was in there. I didn't think he was. I thought he was minor league. I didn't think he was the NHL. Um, you could be right. It's I NHL, according to right. uh, CapFriendly.com. There you go. I trust that. I was about the Wikipedia. I trust Cap Friendly more than Wikipedia. Look at the chat. Look at the chat. Look at the chat in our Zoom, boys. Come on. Sent the link. It's podcasting 101. Oh, I believe you. Marky I Mark. believe you. But we'll just, Jordy, just cut it out. Make it make us look good. But yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it took how long for the for the line brawl and the Rangers are crazy. But I mean, the other New York team, the Islanders, sputtered into the playoffs without their captain getting hurt, Jordy. But the other New York team. With Eichel, what's the drama there? Yeah, so the Buffalo Sabres noted uh, not good team, although they swept the New York Islanders right at the end of the season um, and won, won a number of games, almost took themselves out of the running for last place. But they, you know, Jack Eichel's been hurt for most of the season, and there's really a lot of different talk on what's happening for him. Taylor Hall's jumped in saying, I know he's frustrated. There's questions whether or not his surgery was needed and is he milking it and all, all this sort of stuff. I thought it was, he wanted surgery and the team told him no, something like that. Right. Um, I'm trying to pull it up here. Mark, do you have an idea with this? I thought the team wanted him to have surgery and he said, no, I don't want surgery. Yeah, he's got a herniated disc in his neck. He doesn't want to have surgery. I mean, he wants to keep working out. Or they want him. That's what it they is. want him. They want him to get surgery. I thought it was vice versa. Yeah, either way. Yeah, either way. I mean, you know, the, I don't know. It feels like there's a complete disconnect between the two. I know, like fans are kind of sick of his shit. At least from some of the fa- Sabres fans I know. Um, so rude. It's just, uh, I don't know. If you're if you're Eichel, you were what picked six years ago and. The team's never been able to figure it out around you. I don't know if he's just trying to get out of there. I don't know. Like I've never had a herniated disc, so I don't know what the what kind of pain that's like or anything there. But uh, I really can't speak on the health aspect of it. But if you're him with the Sabers, you know you you're trying. I feel like you got to be trying to get out of there, or you know, in the best. I don't know if he's if at this point it's even trying to be cordial. If you're if you're him, I know you're the captain of the team and all this sort of stuff. You got. Various different members of the organization fired basically because you didn't like them or you didn't like what they were doing. But at this point, is it just worth burning bridges to just go somewhere else and try to maybe not be the guy, but a guy? So let me just make some quotes and it'll summarize it all. Um, all maybe right. the listeners haven't heard, but Eichel said, right now, I think for me, the most important thing is just trying to get healthy and figure out a way to be available to play hockey next year, wherever that might be. Ooh. Can't believe he's, wow. And then a, That's a beat a... writer was like, Buffalo will need a new captain. The bridge between Eichel and Sabres is engulfed in flames, and it's hard to imagine it'll be salvaged. Eichel has been a fitness freak since his teenage years, and he's furious the team is telling him what he can and can't do with his body. The trust is shattered. Uh, add in six years without a sniff of the playoffs, and Eichel is clearly ready to move on. Ooh. Yikes. Wow. That's uh, That is Yikes. a quote. All right, well, 
Greg, do you have any thoughts on that? Or, or, or if you don't, let's move on to the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I, I you feel Freichel, and it's tough because he's one of those guys where it's like you want him to do well, and he came with McDavid, and forever he's going to be compared to him, and he's American, and he went to BU, so we, we all want to like him. Uh, and it's shitty that you're in a situation where – I mean, look at Taylor Hall, right? You're, he was in a terrible situation – last couple of years underperformed, got out of it and went to, and now is in a good position and, and performing. So, you know, it's, it's, you want players to be in positions where they can succeed. Right. So that's the ultimate uh, hope and dream. And I don't know. I think uh, I, I, I don't want Eichel to, to, to be whatever uh, talked about negatively anymore, but at the same time, I just want him in a place where he'll succeed. And a lot of people are saying that it's going to be the Rangers, but, I, I don't know. I don't see that happening. Tying it all back to the Rangers. Yeah, that'd be. I've seen that too, and I don't know. Do they have the capital to move guys? Are they going to like move on from young guys and send them off the Buffalo? Like, say, sorry, Capo, we're going to trade you for uh, for Eichel and maybe a couple first round rounders. Like, I feel like that's almost a, a slap in the face to a guy that maybe has underperformed a little bit. Another number two pick, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the Rangers would do for it. I feel like. You also don't want to keep him in the state. Like, I get, like, you're probably going back to the regular divisions or the previous divisions next year, although that's something that I found out is still up in the air, depending on what happens with Canada. Um, but, like, you're still in conference, and I feel like that's just a bad idea to keep him right. around there. And, and maybe it's the, you know, Islanders versus Jonathan Tate or Jonathan Tavares type of thing of you get to boo him if you're a Buffalo fan, but. I don't know. Yeah, send them out if west. Get, and... If you get if you get four first round picks, you know it's do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're the Sabers, do that in a heartbeat. But are you the Rangers? Do you really want to fucking spend that if you think that's the missing piece? Which yeah, maybe. But I don't know. They uh, you got to see them come out. It depends on who their coach is. All that sort of stuff. Let's get uh, to more exciting stuff. Yeah, here. let's get to the playoffs. So uh, we mentioned it. Playoffs. <laughs> we mentioned it. The Bruins and Capitals kick it off. So we're going to start in the East Division. The Ooh. Bruins are the three seed in the East. The Washington Capitals are the two seed. This thing kicks off in Washington Saturday night. Now, Greg and Mark, you're both Bruins fans. How are you guys feeling Allegedly. about this? Allegedly. Allegedly. Greg, we'll start with you. I mean, this has to be the best series of the whole entire first round. I mean, Florida, Tampa, Panthers, Lightning is... is probably the second best series of the first round, but this has to be the premier matchup um, and what everyone's looking out for. These two teams, notably tough bruising teams that can also score, that have the goaltending, have the defense, or I guess Washington doesn't necessarily have the goaltending this year. We'll see. They have the superstars. They have, you know, the depth one through four offensively. It's, going to be an absolute dogfight. Historically, the Bruins have played have not played the Capitals well. The Capitals have just destroyed them this year and even a little bit last year. The Bruins have evened it out a little bit, uh, evening the series this year, winning it by one. So it's it's going to be very interesting uh, go, coming in here. And, and, yes, the Capitals have a home ice, but ultimately with half the stadium full, it doesn't really matter. So this this, to me, is – 
the matchup. It's the two teams that probably have had the best record since the trade deadline, the Bruins being first, the Capitals being second. With uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but that seems right that these two teams have the best record since the trade deadline. So it's a shame that it's a first-round matchup, but also it's pretty sick that it's a first-round matchup as a fan, as a cat, as a non-biased fan. This is the matchup that everyone's going to want to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's worth noting they did split their season series 4-4, which – uh, not a lot of other series can say that that they're that yeah. way. Yeah, I mean the Bruins also the Bruins also played an AHL roster in the final game because they knew they were playing the Capitals. But you're right, it, it was four four. Well, they it's a fact. Didn't the Bruins win their last game against the Islanders no. with a sweet no, Taylor no. Hall goal? No, that was the game before the, the game. Before that, then they, oh, played, the the right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. they played the Capitals right after. They played the Capitals right after. Okay, all right, all right. Capitals well, Mark, what are your thoughts on Bruins this? Yeah, I mean these are I got. A lot to unload here. I'll be quick. I mean, these are two juggernaut teams. Um, the last time they played, I think it was a freshman in college, 2012. That's the last time these two teams played in the playoffs. Um, but these two are historically just playoff teams. I mean, Capitals have made it 13 of the last 14 seasons in the playoffs. Bruins, 12 of the last 14. What's that like? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, the storyline, the storyline uh, here is Chara. Chara's not, not on the Bruins anymore. He's on the Capitals. We're facing our former captain. Um, that's just crazy to me. I mean, what are the chances that ended up happening? Um, but I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, Washington's a very heavy physical team. Uh, hopefully Bruins can get out of this before seven games. Um, luckily, Bruins are healthy right now. I think both teams are pretty healthy, but, and that's rare for the Bruins to have everybody going. Um, and I think like the, the biggest thing to me is Holpe's not there anymore. He's the guy who always hurt us in the past. We couldn't somehow beat him. He was the X factor. And I, I, I don't know too much about their goalies over there in Washington. Uh, Vanichik, Vanek, how do you say his name? And, and Samsonov are the two, um, not scared of them. I think, you know, if Tukarask becomes Tukarask and finds his world-class form, I think we can beat them in six or seven games. But um, biggest thing I want to see is uh, Kevin Miller beat the shit out of Tom Wilson. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Do you imagine that just opening face-off? Kevin Miller's out there. Everybody knows what's happening. Just Saturday night fights. I mean, incredible. it'd be a great way. Wilson will never do it, but it'd be a great way to send a message. Him or to, Kevin Miller, Tenorti, one of the one of the six eight guys for the Bruins defenseman. Greg, I sent you that stat too. Like our, our scoring since the Taylor Hall trade, it's like first lines thirty three percent of the goals, second lines thirty three percent of the goals. Like when's the last time the Bruins had balanced scoring? Yeah, never. So Not even. Yeah, never. I was just at the Washington, the Capitals, Bruins games like three weeks ago. I mean, you could tell that there was a lot of tension. Uh, a lot of stuff after the whistle, a lot of stuff like after the period ended, like scuffles near the bench. And, These two teams do not like each other. So this is going to be entertaining. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately, Jordy, we'll let you talk in a second here, but I think ultimately this comes down to special teams. Who can stay out of the box? Because both power plays are elite uh, and both penalty kills are also very good. So to me, it's who can stay out of the box, but also who, which power play and PK is going to win, right? If that makes sense. So I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 it's going to be a hell of a series. So Greg just took my point on uh, special teams. Both of these teams, the Bruins are number two in penalty kill. The Capitals are number four, and they're both top ten power plays. Um, 
But the big difference, or not even difference, both teams are the 27th and 28th out of 31 in penalty minutes taken. The Capitals 27th having uh, just six minutes less than the Bruins, which if you take all those penalties from the uh, line brawl, got to think where uh, where they might rank there. But regardless, it is something to think about that the Bruins, one of the better defensive teams in general, number two PK I mentioned, fourth least goals allowed, um, you guys have mentioned a number of their different defensemen, especially when they've had various injuries throughout the season, guys on their, their bottom six depth that are very good defensive forwards. Obviously, uh, Bergeron, one of the best two way forwards in hockey, if not the best, the best. Yeah. The uh, didn't yeah. did win the Selkie last year. So, uh, suck it. I anyway. mean, he's been a finalist for every year since yeah, but he didn't win it last year. So oh, one. So, so anyway, take the compliment. Um, <laughs> But the Capitals thrive on offense. They always have. Their defense is, is literally the middle of the road. The 17th goals against average that is the me- uh I guess 16th would be the median. But right there. Um, and, yeah, it's just it it's something where if they're not getting penalty or power plays, if the Bruins aren't taking penalties, you know, how, figuring out those even strength goals and seeing where these guys can go to work. You know, TJ Oshie and – Alexander Ovechkin are their only guys with over 20 goals. 13 of Oshie's 22 goals are power play goals. Nine of Ovechkin's 24 are power play goals. But Oshie, like, he scores more on the power, on the power play, and, and not that he's not a good five-on-five player, but he's a you, know, you think of him as a grinder type, too, that can score. So if you can reduce him to just more of that grinder type and, and don't have him scoring, and you force it going back to... You kind of you neutralize their top, let's call it top 10 guys... You know, that first line and maybe their first three defensemen. I, I think they have a solid top four, but, you know, maybe fringe on that second pairing. Um, you know, this is something the Bruins, I think they have the depth to do it. But you mentioned it, that history hasn't necessarily been their, their strength. And I don't know, it, it is something, though, that they that if those bottom six guys have to get it going, they've shown that they can and they have different guys that both either, po- either post-trade deadline or veterans that have been on the team the whole year that have that have gotten it done so this is gonna be a lot of fun i think not to uh pump greg's tires on his uh prediction but this is one of the the series that i'm really excited to watch i'm gonna clear my schedule saturday night to watch this not just because i love playoff hockey but because this is something that if there was the penguins islanders against it or hell even the the maple leafs and canadians which doesn't start for another five days after this one i'd probably watch this game and have this as my primary one on my TV and another game on my laptop, that kind of, that's where this, this series ranks there. You know, real quick and Mark can correct me if I'm wrong, but ironically, the, the Bruins first line, Marshawn, Pasternak and Bergeron five on five historically. And even this year do not do well against uh, the first line with Oshie really? on the Capitals. So yeah, it's, you know, they're just not, that Oshi line is just so physical and they don't, the Bruins don't match them up, right? When they're the home team, they get the last change. They don't match up the first line. So it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how the Bruins play it on the road and, and how that first line can handle, handle the Oshi. I think he plays with Backstrom, right? Yeah. Backstrom and, uh, Actually, I don't know who their th- their third is. It's not Ovechkin. But I have David Pasternak against the Capitals this year. Second highest of the seven teams they played against. Uh, I'll give you three guesses of who the first one was. But <laughs> plus seven, that was the best of the seven teams in the East Division. Eight points in seven games. You mentioned he took the last game off so that they wouldn't give away anything 
Only two penalty minutes, four hits. Uh, so he plays decently well. I'd have to pull up the other guys, but it is worth noting that Pasternak, the you know one of the elite goal scorers of this of the NHL, you know, d- did do decently well against him this year. So that might you know, hopefully that's words of encouragement for you. Yeah, I mean it's they just yeah Mark can speak to it, but I, it was they sat everyone so they didn't get hurt. But sorry, Mark. No, I didn't mean for that last game. But you mentioned it with the trade deadline acquisitions, Taylor Hall, probably the best one we were talking about in our our little group chat of whether or not. This is one of the best hauls that a team's ever gotten at a trade deadline. Um, but the, nice pun. Yeah, there it is. Um, that was totally unintentional. But the, the Capitals did pretty well, too. Mantha's been great. And it's it's going to come down to that. Of those guys, I feel like in that middle six, those second and third lines, you know, if those first two lines are, or the first line neutralizing each other, maybe one game the, the Capitals is on, the next game the, uh, what is it, the Magnificent line? Perfection line. Perfection line. line. There it is. They're they're pumping it. So I feel like that middle six, you know, the Halls versus the, you know, Oshi or or however you want to match it up. That that might be. You mentioned that home ice may not ma- matter with the fans, but that last change might end up being, you know, the strategic difference. I mean, these two teams are wagons. They both they both have unbelievable top six and even some seven eight forwards. Like, I and Kuznetsov might come back too. Um, That's true. But you yeah. got. I think the two, the first two lines will ultimately cancel each other out. It's going to come down to special teams, like Greg said. And then we need guys like Charlie Coyle and DeBrusque to wake up. Uh, that's going to be the X factor um, in us winning. That's my, that's just my take. I, we need our depth third, fourth line guys to step it up. So let's get to predictions. Then we'll move on. What do you guys think? Greg, we'll start with you. I hate saying anything will go seven games. So I'm going to say Bruins and six. Okay. <laughs> Mark, we see uh, your predictions, but is it going to stick the same? Yeah, seven Bruins. Okay, that's, that's, hard, that, that's the hardest series. That's the hardest series. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I'm going to say Bruins in seven as well. I like this Capitals team a lot, but the, you mentioned the goaltending. We didn't really talk about that. That the uh, if Tuka's on, that's great. The Capitals goaltending can be shaky, and if it becomes a high scoring fest. That seems like it would go in the Capitals' favor, but the Bruins can lock it down. So I, I think that benefits them. And, and I uh, just came up with this as I Tuca is motivated after what happened last year. Like I think this is his year. Like he is zoned in right now. So motivation is the perfect way to transition to the other Eastern series because I think, despite and I'm bummed that the, the Islanders were ice cold, getting swept by the fucking Sabers. You know, looking like complete peewees against the Bruins when Taylor Hall just made them look like complete idiots but the pittsburgh penguins have to be the most motivated team entering this playoffs two years ago got swept by the islanders when it seemed like just like right now that they should pummel the new york islanders then last year come in barely getting edged out of the you know round round robin shit and losing to montreal who barely should have even been there i feel like Sidney crosby i kind of said it at the start of the the season that that team, the veteran leadership would guide the way. I feel like Sidney Crosby has to be like the Michael Jordan. I took that personally. He has to be one of the most motivated guys coming into this, into the playoffs, just to just to get out of the first round and to pummel these guys. The Islanders not doing themselves any favors this year. We barely even we didn't even mention it with the Bruins of how they you know they've started to play a little dirtier this year with the the butt ending of Pasternak and their last game against the Bruins. Am I wrong to think that the Penguins 
A, have a huge advantage, and B, are completely motivated to not let two years ago repeat itself. Mark, what do you think? I think uh, Penguins are playing well right now. They're, um, they, like, after they fired, what, their GM? And they brought in no, new guys? No, he didn't fire did... him. He just walked away. He's left, right. Yeah, he just I left. think they've. They've been trending in the right direction the second half of the year. I, I like where their games are right now. Um, I'm going to keep this very simple and not go on a rant. They got three Hall of Famers, um, and they're playing well right now versus a team that normally I would say Islanders would win this series just playing Islander hockey, but they're not. They have not had a good second half. I think a little bit like playing 500 hockey. Um, not not a lot of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I, I, not a lot of good energy out of them right now. I just think the Penguins are going to win this in five. I'll take the Hall of Famers who are playing well right now. That's yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they're going to. I think they're going to sweep them. I think they're. This is pedal to the metal, throw it down. I know we talked a little bit offline that they, uh, you know, there's their one goalie now is stuff's getting brought up about him. Tristan Jari, we've never seen him in the playoffs, or we kind of saw him last year in the bubble. DeSmith, we've seen zero of. Um, so that that's the only negative to them, but I think they're going to sweep them and just put put the pedal to the metal and completely steamroll them. Greg, what do you think about this? Um, this the Pittsburgh Penguins to me is the biggest mystery, biggest question mark because they played they only played since April since the first series in April. They only played the Bruins twice and the Capitals twice, and those are the only playoff teams they played. They played the Rangers, the Devils. Uh, the Sabres and the Flyers, those are the, the four teams that aren't in the playoffs. They played those four teams uh, from April until the end of May, except really? for those two, except for those two games against Boston and Washington. So to me, the re- big reason why they are in first place is because they backloaded there. They had an easier schedule on the back end. Granted, they can't control that, but they got Boston and Washington before the trade deadline. Granted, they had to play the Islanders before their captain went out, which which was huge. But the Sabers or the Penguins kind of had I don't want to say easy schedule down the stretch, but they every team every series except for two against the Bruins and two against uh, Washington from April on was was non playoff teams. So in this division, so to me, it's that's a big reason why they're in first, and that's a big reason why they did so well down the stretch. But I think. If they were playing any other teams but the Islanders, they're playing the Capitals, the Bruins. It's a, it's an easy loss for the Penguins just because, you know, I guess when you're hot, you're hot. But they get a team that's sputtered into the playoffs, and they themselves are hot. This is almost like the perfect time for a flip the script, like a shock, like uh, like Columbus a couple years ago against Tampa. This is almost a perfect time for that because the Penguins have not played a good team, and the Islanders have only been playing good teams. Um, but I think ultimately it matters how, how you go into a playoffs, uh, you know, in terms of confidence being high, winning easier, quote unquote, easier. It's still the NHL, but easier games. Uh, and the Islanders have had to grind to, to, for the fourth place spot essentially. Right. And, and, um, I think ultimately the loss of Anders Lee, their captain and, and some of their, those two guys from, uh, Palmieri and whoever else they got from the Devils are really working at. Yeah, not really working out too well. I mean, they are, but they're not. They're they're still third line guys at their best. So, well, comparatively think, to Jeff Carter, they are not as great of an acquisition if we're talking right, about trade and, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and to Taylor, Taylor Hall, but um, in yeah, the series, think, in the series, keeping your pants. I think ultimately, 
I think ultimately the Penguins, just because they are hotter, win. But if the Sabres, or if the Islanders came in with a little bit, they finished more than than three wins in the last ten games, and I, w- I would pick the Islanders for sure. But they just sputter too much, and they they scare me too much. You know, lack of confidence is huge, and I think uh, when things are going bad, then you need someone to to turn it around. But I think I don't know if motivation is the reason, Jordy, as you mentioned. But I think Pittsburgh ultimately wins just because the Islanders are that bad uh, going into the going into the playoffs. I think it's motivation. I mean, I think I agree with you. The Islanders are ice cold. I mean, this is two years in a row that they've gone into the end of the regular season as the coldest team, at least in the Eastern conference. I can't remember how the West was last year, Um, but this year in hockey last year, COVID obviously helped them and they went to the bubble and went on a tear through the rest of the league. Um, But I, I just think that they're Sidney Crosby locked in his 16th straight, I think point per game season like this guy since being hurt since everybody was like oh trade him whatever including us has just been absolutely filthy and that's to i guess as a detriment to him he was only plus eight you know there's no player on their of their forwards who i think is i don't know if this teddy bulger i'd have to look if he's a forward or not but uh brandon tams i think is a uh, regardless, he's only plus eight. So I guess like he let up some goals when he's out on the ice, but I don't know. He's had a really good year. Gensel's been on fire. Malkin's been hurt. And is, I think has looked decent since he came back. So that I feel like that's a question mark, but yeah, the goaltending is a question mark there, but I think between Crosby, if anything, putting the entire team on his back and the Islanders just being terrible, even with Trot's ball, you know, the way that the, their coach can show their how they get things done. I think you're right. The fact that Paul Mary and Zajac weren't kind of that plug and play of come from a you know old Lou team, Zajac quite literally, to a new Lou team in uh in on the island is the difference. And you know we saw two years ago when they had to go back to Brooklyn in the next round. They they got swept themselves. The Islanders did. So I don't think that Coliseum is going to be a factor like it was in that series against the Penguins. I just, I, maybe a sweep is a little too aggressive, but I think they are pissed off and they want to prove it because maybe it's some of that stuff too of that they did play some bad teams coming down the stretch. They lost to a few of them here and there. And in other games, they I mean, they got smoked by the Flyers. You can say it. They got smoked by the Flyers. They lo- you can they, say it. I was going to say that two games after April 1st, they lost two of those three games, Greg, um, including one <laughs> that they got smoked. But then they smoked the Flyers the second night uh, of that two back to back. Uh, last week so it's okay it's okay but um <laughs> we're, we tone that we'll, we'll tone down the flyers talk i promise uh but yeah so greg what is your pick you picked the penguins but you didn't say how many games um i'm gonna say six okay so mark and five me and four and greg and six so let's move on. Do you guys want to go central? Do you guys want to go north? Considering the west hasn't been fully decided yet, what do you guys want to do? Let's keep it in the coast. Okay. Let's So what is that? Does that mean Canada? No, let's keep it. Let's go down south. Okay. So to the central division we go, and I guess by that Greg wants to lead off with the first playoff matchup in any of the four major sports. Between two teams from Florida since 1999, 
when the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Miami Dolphins 62 to 7, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida with the home ice advantage. So this thing kicks off Sunday night in Miami, or I guess wherever technically the Florida Panthers stadium is. Mark, how excited are you for this? Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Um, everyone pretty much at Tampa. I mean, Tampa, right, it's like an all-star team. Um, and Florida's done a, a pretty good job turning things around the past couple seasons. Uh, they brought in Quinville, Barkov's a well-known superstar now. Um, you know, they have a lot of depth. Huberto has become a superstar. Um, I think it's going to come down to ultimately, like like you said, uh, with Bruins Capital, it's going to come down to goaltending. You have Vasilevsky versus, um, what's his face? What's, what's his name? Bobrovsky making a 10 million a year with the highest paid goalie in the league. I think it's going to come down to that. Uh, Vasilevsky's, in my opinion, the best goalie in the world. Um, um, but with that, I'm still going to pick Florida in seven games, baby. Let's go Panthers. I'm a big Yandel oh. fan, big Nolachari fan, my former teammate. I, I love Quinville um, in Chicago. Blackhawks are my second favorite team. I'm I'm not giving you much statistics why Florida's going to win. I'm just telling you I want them to win, and I'm going to say they're going to win in seven games. There's my prediction. Love it. I love it. Greg, what do you think about this? That's bold. I mean, they have home ice, right? And going into the season, if you told me Tampa didn't end up in first, I would have said, okay, fine, I believe Carolina, but Tampa would have been second for me. And now, I mean – is Kucherov playing? Do we do we know that? Is he coming or Stamkos? Back? Is he playing? Hedman's yeah. not playing well right now yeah. either. I mean, it's it's almost the same situation of of they sputtered going in a little bit. I mean, down the stretch, kind of, and and were injured. And Florida has really turned their game on. Um, it's hard to go back to back. It's that's a great. This is the second hardest series, and we're going to spend the most uh, most of the time on these two series, but. Uh, the, Bru- the the Bruins, I should say, Capitals and Lightning Panthers. Uh, I think ultimately, like Mark said, I think ultimately goaltending, Vasilevsky and, and defense. Tampa is certainly not the team they were last year, especially defensively with, with some of the, the muscle that they lost um, with Bogosian. But I think ultimately they don't have the scoring to, to match Florida. And I think Florida – Bobrovsky, if he can prove he can get hot, he can outplay Vasilevsky. But you know what, Mark? I'm going to ride with you, bud. I'm going Florida in in seven. But ultimately, I'm going to pick Florida with my head. My heart is going to pick Tampa, but I'm going to pick Florida with my head. Okay. Well, I think those are really good picks. Thanks, Jordy. I, I am going to go with Tampa Bay. I just think the experience is there. I know there's injuries to be worried about. There's, you know, a bunch of different stuff. This team takes a lot of penalties. Florida's power play has been okay, but with the amount of penalties that Tampa takes, that could be a risk. The difference is a Tampa's penalty kill is awesome. The Panthers take almost as many penalties as the lightning and the lightning. while not an elite power play unit have been very good. And you guys mentioned the, the number of names that are out Stamkos. He's on the IL or IR to use baseball. Uh, Kucherov has been out for the entire season. They pick, they have uh, Hedman and McDonough had day to day. Andre Pilat was thrown on for day to day with an 
LBI. Wow, I cannot speak. Um, but I'm going with Vasilevsky here, and I just think Bobrovsky last year was so soft in those playoffs. And I know we were just talking about the Islanders and, and how well they did last year in the bubble, and that was probably a big part of it. But he could have saved that team so many times, and there was blown leads. There was all of this different stuff. And I get it to your top three guys in Palat and Hedman are day-to-day, but you got to think they're ready to go. The first game in this series, mentioned it is Sunday night, so you feel like they're getting ready to try to be good to go. And I don't know, it, it's it, it maybe the coaching of, you know, last year's Stanley Cup champion versus a three-time Cup champion is some difference maker there, but I feel like the experience gets it done here. And I'm going to go with Tampa. I'm going to say in six. I think this is going to be a really fun series. You know what? I'm going to say in seven because I want this series to be as fun as it possibly can be. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tampa it. Bay in seven. I love it. We got to steam through these next ones. Yeah. I love it. So the other North series or other South series, excuse me, is the Carolina hurricanes and the Nashville predators, which before we jump into anything, how crazy it is slash awesome that North Carolina versus Tennessee is a playoff matchup. Greg jump in on this. Yeah. I mean, Nashville has proven, I guess both markets have proven, especially recently that, when they're good and they're in the playoffs, the teams come out or those fans come out and support. And I think ultimately that's pretty, pretty impressive. And I think hopefully that's will happen in the playoffs too. Um, I mean, I'm not as much of a geography like, Oh, historically Southern States, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think Nashville certainly proved themselves and, and Carolina has proven themselves as, as pretty good. Uh, if not great. Uh, fan fan base. Well, Carolina turned it around, base. right? They like when they first got bought by that crazy guy. They uh, like were barely getting fans in there, and then they started the storm surge and all that. Predators have been sneakily always a good fan base. It just came on to display when they went to the Stanley Cup final. But in, in terms of the series, I think yeah, but, this yeah, is but the, Nashville has their. I mean, we're not going to let Mark talk, but I guess Nashville Nashville has their celebrity to it too, right? Nashville has the. Well, it has the, yeah, it has the anthem singers and all that, but they all, like, the, you know, there's the whole, they brought the team down there because it was a bunch of GM people from from Michigan who liked hockey, so they figured it would be a good market, and it stuck. Um, but jumping into it, before we argue just about fan bases, as Greg and I normally would, um, Nashville <laughs> playing traditional Nashville, Smashville-type hockey of just being a defensive juggernaut. Their special teams are abysmal, though, and... The Carolina Hurricanes, also a very good defensive team and very, very good on special teams, both penalty kill and power play. As much as I'd love to see the Predators advance and and do, you know, surprise some people like they did in 2017 when they were a wild card, uh, I think the Hurricanes get this done. I'm going to say in five games. You copying my picks, Jordy, or what? Yeah, I have Carolina, Carolina in five as well. Um, their, their regular season matchups – um, this year, six and two, Carolina yeah. over Nashville. Um, but give Naf- Nashville credit. I mean, that was a tight race there at the end uh, with Dallas. I'm pretty sure maybe you guys had Dallas in the playoffs this I year. Did. I said they were going to have that, that hangover, that Super Bowl loss hangover that teams tend to have. Um, so I was right there. Thank you. But Carolina is nasty. Like, look at their yeah. roster. It's They're so real. It's so spread out. They have so much scoring, like 
five okay. or eight guys have 35 points or more. Like it's just, and there's a, this Martin Nikas guy, he's 22 years old. He's sick. Never even like heard of him. So I just looked at their roster right now. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they Pro are, trick, they have a lot they of just, depth. They just picked up out of nowhere last year. He's been awesome. Sebastian Aho, what is this his second year or is this his third year? Third, I think. Yeah, okay. He's he's, uh, he's, he's a becoming a fucking superstar. Sveshnikov, who I'm surprised he played 55 games. I felt like he was hurt for part of the year. Um, it was last but, year when Ovi absolutely oh, buried that's him. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he had to fight him, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rod, Rod the Bod's probably got them all doing yoga on the right, like, diet. He's, like, motor, like – they Rod are the just bud. whatever he's saying they're doing like that. They're, they're, they're trending in the right direction yeah. uh, and they already have playoff experience from the past couple seasons. So I mean, I have Carolina going far in the playoffs so we can continue. Yeah. Greg, well, Greg has to make his pick. What do you think here? Yeah. I mean, I'm never for- going to forgive Carolina for being such a shitty opponent versus the Bruins, uh, the year <laughs> the Bruins went to the cup. Cause I mean, it, they're a team that'll win the first couple rounds and then and then shit the bed in the end. So um, it's tough to pick against Carolina here just because of how the season went. But Nashville has been playing meaningful hockey for it seemed definitely the last month, having to go on a crazy run just to make the playoffs. Definitely the lower one of the lower teams in terms of point differential to make the playoffs outside of uh, the Canadians and Blues. But um, so to me, Nashville, where are they going to get their scoring from? And Carolina plays too much of a defensive game you know, for Nashville to be able to play like Nashville is going to try and play Carolina's game. And Carolina has been doing it. Like Mark said, Rod, Rod, the bot has had them doing it for the last five, six years. So Carolina, ultimately, I think it's a sweep. Um, and... I don't... Oh, there it is. Lock it in. But now that I look at it, like who's Carolina going to play in that? They got three guys they could possibly go to. Yeah. They do that every year. And then they, they yeah, they did that two years ago when they were down yeah. fucking, was it three, one against the Capitals and they came back yeah. or it was either yeah. three, one or three, two. And, and they won two in a row. The good teams. Yeah. Fucking so, Peter Morazic, man. Yeah. yeah. We'll bring up the Flyers. The good teams. So, yeah, I mean, it is it's it is what it is, and we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I think I think uh, the sweep, that's the only one. Uh, yeah, that's the sweep for me. Let's okay. move on. we gotta, we got to get through this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go north, Canada. We get the Canadian super rivalry in the Maple Leafs and the Canadians as the 1-4. The Maple Leafs won seven of the ten games, because that's how many they played in Canada this year. The last time they met, boys, 1979, when the Stanley Cup wasn't even divided by divisions. It was the Stanley Cup quarterfinals. The Maple Leafs, we've talked about it all year, absolute wagon. Greg's praised their release of the Bruins in Tampa Bay. Um, Austin Matthews, unreal season. Everyone else on that team, unreal year. Montreal, Greg just mentioned it, had to really grind their way after starting out absolutely hot. Kind of, if not for Calgary, also just kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, maybe they and don't make it in and, and all that. But yeah, and having COVID and all that sort of stuff. But they come into the playoffs having lost five in a row, including two to Toronto. Fired their coach. Uh, fired their coach. All of this different stuff. <laughs> Is there any hope for the Canadians? One game. You think one game? I I think I think Toronto will have. I mean, Toronto's the most motivated team out of anyone here. Yeah. They're 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 the favorite going into it of in terms of the Canadian division. They're the favorites to come out of it. They're not that they're looking ahead by any means, but they have the veteran leadership. 
with Jumbo Joe and Tavares. They have the young studs with Marner and Matthews. They have the fourth line with Simmons. And uh, who's the scumbag? Who who uh, who's the guy on the the Winter Classic game that that oh, did the Corey cheap Perry. shot? Yeah, Corey Perry. So they have they have that going for them. Uh, they have the they can play the scumbag game. They can play the scoring game. The goaltending sounds like Freddie Anderson's going to be healthy for the playoffs. Who knows if they'll play him? He's a big choke guy. Um, Jack Campbell though has been unreal. Yeah, they have that. Yeah, that, that seventeen is, and two. Is he a rookie? Is he a rookie? No, he's not a rookie. He's like a journeyman. Right, he's like so our have, age, isn't he? I don't know, but they, I meant like this is his first time like actually playing in the NHL. But regardless, they they have a relative unknown a goalie who it's his first know, is, postseason. Is a, yeah, is it going to be a Bennington situation where he's going to pull out a pot of gold and then be shitty for the next four years? He's like American Bennington? though, Greg. You have to you have to root for him. Right, or is it going to be Freddie Anderson who has been out virtually the whole year? So. I think Toronto wins in five, just because I my only sweep was gonna. I was hard pressed at the. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the Hurricanes sweeping the first two rounds minimum. Uh, so they'll probably get swept next round. But yeah, that's my only sweep team. So Toronto in five. I have Toronto in four. I think Montreal's magic is completely run out. Their defensemen have been awesome, but their offense is completely run dry. I don't see how they're figuring that out around a Toronto team that. Frankly, has done very well in a high-scoring division, so I don't. Oh, Caulfield. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he started. He... Okay, I'm not going to Gallagher. Gallagher. Uh, Gallagher. What? Jeff Petrie's going to fucking go off. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Get, watch him get run over by Austin Matthews as he is a fucking second hat trick in the series. Oh, he's uh, American. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so is Austin Matthews. <laughs> he he's he is America. Uh, Maple Leafs in four. Mark, what do you got in this? Yeah, I got Leafs in five. Um, they're a wagon. They loaded up this year. Um, they are so happy to not be playing the Bruins. Um, well, and they think... blew it in the bubble against the fucking Blue Jackets. Like they're another motivated team. Right. Yeah, and and you think, oh, can Carey Price catch lightning in a bottle and and get hot and just shut out them for a game, maybe two, possibly, but. Um, I don't think he's the same guy he used to be. Uh, like you said, Montreal struggles to score. Toronto's loaded uh, up front, loaded up with veteran guys too, Thornton, Simmons. Um, yeah, Leafs in five. Keep it simple with that. It'll get more interesting as they, they play Edmonton in the next round. Oh, a little spoiler alert as we go to the next round or the next series. It is Edmonton versus Winnipeg, which last happened – with a different Winnipeg Jets franchise that now resides in the desert in 1990 between the original Winnipeg Jets and the Oilers. The Oilers won seven of nine games in this regular season. Greg's like 15th best ranked hockey player, Connor McDavid. Oh no, McDavid, McDavid is up there. He's really good, man. Okay. He's fifth. He had a hundred points in 50, in 50 something games. And I mean, he's no Patrice Bergeron, but he's, he's probably top two for sure. After Bergeron. Okay. Marshawn had more points. Marshawn's not up there. Marshawn's probably three. Marshawn's probably three. Okay. What it's, it's Matthews, Bergeron, Marshawn. You're right. I forgot Matthews. Bergeron, Bergeron, Marshawn, Matthews, McDavid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So McDavid, right saddle one, two, uh, not Eichel even close too. for the for the Art Ross for Connor McDavid. Eichel ahead of McDavid as well. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> really loading up on the Boston boys. Um, Americans, yeah, the the Americans. But the 
the Winnipeg Jets coming into this series, I feel like are an interesting team to talk about. And it's a, a, almost a not so fast to Mark's Edmonton's going to win this. Um, although I am picking Edmonton, but Winnipeg is an interesting talking point because they made the trade the first blockbuster of the year, picking up Dubois and you he go quicker than this. Okay. All right. Um, but they have Connor Hellebuck. Who's, you know, all-star goalie has won the Vesna before number of shutouts. Uh, I just, I think that's probably their best bet there is that they have to almost take this into a shootout type of series and hope that, that Hellebuck, you know, wins some five to three games, something like that. You, Keep it only to McDavid and Dreitzel and make their bottom six beat you if you're if you're Winnipeg. I'm picking Edmonton in six, though, because I just think the top two scoring teams and the top two scoring players in the league eventually outweigh some good goal scorers that Winnipeg has for them. But their defensemen, it's a lot of question marks of will they keep them in this because their you know their plus minuses are all over the board. Not a lot of points, not a lot of puck moving guys that are really going to make a difference. Comparatively to a McDavid, a Dreitzel, a Darnell Nurse, all those types of guys, it's just hard to see Winnipeg really pulling this out. So I'm going to take uh, Edmonton six. Yeah, I mean, I think this is Edmonton in five, and I think this is as much of a no-brainer as the series out west and, and the top two teams. These Toronto and Edmonton have been the top teams all year, and both Winnipeg and Montreal come in sputtering. And we talked about the Islanders coming into the playoffs on a cold streak and teams typically don't do well with that. I think Winnipeg's going to have to try and slow down the, not only the first line, but the power play of, of Edmonton. And like you said, Hullabuck is going to have to have a hell of a series, a uh, little pun there. Thank you. But um, there it is. I think he's going to, he's going to have to stand on his head and, it's going to be it's going to have to be a two to one win or, or a one nothing win because I don't know that Pierre Luc Dubois and and uh, Ryder are enough scoring for Winnipeg. But yeah, they have Shifley, they have Kyle Connors. I mean, even fucking Andrew Cop came out of nowhere this year and had a good season. So like, they have guys that can get this done, but it's just they need to be on their A game. Yeah, and ironically, Winnipeg is a very good road team. So, so and, and so is Edmonton. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what's going to break there? Winnipeg has not been good at home so far this year, um, but we'll see how it goes. I think it's Edmonton in five, yeah. Toronto in five, and let's move out to the only division that's not set yet, Jordy. Yeah, so I was going to set it up this way because it's I not me. I, I got to oh, get yeah, Marcus to make his pick. Yeah, that's come right. on. What do you, you have? Edmonton. What? How many games? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, this is my one sweep. Hundred Connor <laughs> McDavid. Hundred four. I love it. I love it points this year enough said like they're yeah let's move on yeah sweep. so the west that's my sweep edmonton so the west how i'm gonna set it up because it's not for the listeners that don't know we're recording this on thursday it by by tonight we'll know who actually has what seed so if colorado beats la which they should they get the number one seed we'll play st louis if not vegas plays st louis colorado plays minnesota do you let's put it this way? Do you think Minnesota has the shot at an upset? Because I think St. Louis is done. Whoever gets the one seed is moving through. Do you think Minnesota has an opportunity to beat whomever the two seed is? I mean, they well, first and foremost, St. Louis is going to be a tough out, but they're definitely losing, in my opinion. And Minnesota 
is one of those teams that I thought they're going to make the playoffs. They're another team that's ahead of their rebuild. They have a lot of young, but they also have the they have the veteran leadership. They play a physical game. They can match Vegas physicality. They can't necessarily match. They can kind of match Colorado speed, but not not really. Uh, and ironically, Jordy, this team scores a lot of goals. I know you know we'll call it what it is. Not as much as Colorado and Vegas, but 180 goals is is nothing to to shake your head at. I mean, they have so to me, I think Minnesota puts up the best fight. And if they play if they play Vegas, that's tough. Which is a harder matchup? That's a great question. That's a great question. I think if they play Vegas, I think Vegas that game that series is going six or seven just because the physicality. That's going to be a great series to watch. If they play Colorado. I think Colorado won't be able to handle the physicality, but ultimately their speed and skill will win out and, and they'll win in five. But I think Vegas wins. That's a much more fun uh, six game series. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Mark, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, this these other two series are much easier than what we've talked about. I got, um, I mean, I got Vegas in six if they play the Blues. And same if they play the Wild. And then, then Wild, I think uh, – so Avalanche, I got Avalanche beating the Wild in five, and I got Vegas beating the Blues in six, if that's how it stands. But sure. um, either way, I have Knights and, and Avalanche advancing. This is a lot easier than those yeah. other rounds, like I said. Yeah, that's my, that's my thought too, is it's Vegas and Colorado playing the second round. We'll see you then to talk about what happens there. Right. I know we have to uh, wrap this thing up pretty quickly. I know, Mark, you wanted to talk about awards quick. Do you want to give a quick rundown of what you got, or do you want to save that for another time? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I haven't done much research on this. Uh, obviously, the heart's going to go to McDavid. No-brainer, right? The Norris is a little bit more tricky, I guess, Experts are saying Adam Fox and the Rangers, but do you give the Vesna trophy? I mean, the Norris trophy to a guy who's not even on a playoff team. You know, I, I don't know. Um, Vesna, I got Vasilevsky. Just my point. Um, who do you think's going to win? I mean, Calder's going to be Caprice off on the wild, but Selkie, they're saying Bergeron, Mark Stone, or Barkov. Who I think it's Bergeron. With? I mean, he's had an awesome year, a team that, you know, had to go through a bit of uh, adversity throughout this season with COVID and everything. I know the Panthers had a little bit of that scare with Barkov, but I don't know. I just think they love to give it to repeat winners. Not to say that, like that's the reason why he clearly watching him and for as much as I got to, he is clearly that guy and he's, you know, still that caliber. So he deserves it. If they want to spread out the love and give it to somebody else, I'd love to see like a Barkov get it. Cause it's a guy kind of that whole Florida Panthers attitude. You know, they really came back after being quite soft last year in the bubble. So, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a cool story to see. Um, circling back to the Norris conversation, I'd love to see like a John Carlson get it. I know he doesn't, he, you know, isn't the, he, you know, had, had kind of an up and down year. He's a negative plus minus. So you could almost even say Dougie Hamilton deserves it. Or even Alec Martinez. Alec Martinez is not there with points, but. A guy who was just absolutely dominant on the blue line. Kale so McCarr, I think, don't forget Kale McCarr. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Charlie McAvoy's name is, is getting thrown out there, weirdly enough, yep. Mark. He's like number three, and McCarr's yeah. two. Fox is one. Shea Theodore is out there, forgot, too. Forgot about Kale. Um, Hedman. Where's Hedman or Yossi? Like, those are the two best defensemen that pop into my head. Dowdy, too. 
the other thing, Mark Andre Fleury might win. He might have won it. I mean, the fact he went from last year to being the backup to now he's like their guy. I mean, he might he might have played himself into it. Yeah, Mark might give him a run for his money, and then Coach of the Year has to be the guy, the kid from Florida, right? Quinville, who uh, won all those cuffs with Chicago. Yeah, it's got to be Quinville. Uh, but yeah, all right, we'll talk about this more as the finals Sorry, come down. You're talking about the Norris, Jordy. No, it's fine. It's uh, we got to wrap this thing up, so it's um, we'll talk about this once the finalists come out. But that was good theorizing from us. Um, but that'll do it. Unless you guys have any have any final points, Seattle signed their first player, so congrats to them. Greg, Mark, thank you guys for doing this. This was a blast. Hey, and let's try to meet up again, not in two weeks, but maybe next week. You know, I love it. Get more in depth about these series or what else is happening. But yeah. So explain, explain to me, explain to me, Jordy, how, how is it that Toronto is starting their, their playoffs next Thursday? So most like of Canada, after the Bruins start. so Canada has not finished their regular season. They're not even close. So the um, most of them have played only 54 games because of all the different COVID delays. We actually talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, most of them played 55 games. But we talked about this a couple weeks ago that the Flames and Vancouver Canucks have games scheduled for during next week. So they'll be playing regular season games as the playoffs are going on, apparently. Um, so I guess That's because so they're silly. ending That's their... So yeah, because they're ending their regular season later that they want to give them proper time off, but it'll be, I mean, imagine this, the Bruins win in, you know, the Penguins sweep. Imagine that. So they play their first game Sunday. So presumably they'd be done basically by the time the, the Maple Leafs and, and Canadians have kicked off, they kick off a week from tonight and the Penguins could in theory win their fourth game. If they sweep the Islanders, like I think they are, they would win their, they would have swept the Islanders by the time the Canadians and Maple Leafs are dropping the puck for game two. So it is kind of crazy to think about that. Obviously it doesn't really matter now until the, the semifinals. So we'll have to see there cause it's going to reseed. So we don't know. Um, but who knows? Maybe they give them, you know, an extra day off between the series to try to make the, you know, Bruins penguin series or whatever that happens to be. Cause they're the, I'm using them because they're the first two to kick off. But to make them a little closer to Canada, so maybe it's, you know, an advantage to them that they maybe get a couple days in between series, and then the Toronto versus Edmonton winner has only maybe only a day between the semifinals. We don't, we still don't technically know what the deal with that is, is going to be, because they, you know, all the the what's it called rules, the quarantine rules. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. But Greg is right that there's a weird overlap with everything that's happening. Yeah, it, 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 normally the Bruins are the ones who get screwed by this, so I'm surprised that uh, they're not. But anyway, huh. uh, have a great, have a little great little night, you guys, going to your little adult athletics. A um, couple days off here, Jordy, before the Bruins series. Are you gonna all in on the Sixers and Phillies? Uh, yeah, the Sixers need to win. They need to finally clinch the number one seed. They fucked it up the other night. They're playing Miami. <laughs> so hopefully they get, they get it done. The Phillies lost today, so I don't have to worry about them tonight and scream at the TV. Uh, they won their first road series in two years, so that's exciting. That's huge. Yeah, they uh, the the woman beater, he hit a home run to, to tie uh, the game in the ninth inning that. yesterday. Yeah, El Torito, Odubel Herrera. Um, yeah, yes. Phillies fans, there's yes. protesters outside Citizens Bank Park. 
Yikes. Yeah. Um, yeah not let's good. go bees. Yeah. Well, uh, that'll do it. Mark, thank you for hopping on, man. I know we're uh, running a little over for you, but we appreciate it. Oh, very welcome. Pleasure to be with you guys and uh, looking forward to our next one, hopefully soon. Yeah, let's try to do this next week. That'd be fun. Talk about the first couple games. But that'll do it. Everybody subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss this or our baseball shows that we're going to do throughout the the regular season. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever your podcast. ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But for Greg and Mark, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. And have a great weekend and enjoy the playoffs. Go Bees. Go Bees. Peace.